thank you all so much for joining. Uh, untuk sementara, I'm just gonna turn off the commenting so that we can see everyone's faces. Karena yeah. the real estate di sini kan cuma dikit. Apalagi kita mau jadi empat orang. Jadi untuk sementara, okay, why don't you girls introduce yourself while we're waiting? Yes. Jen, why don't you start? Sure. Yeah. So my name is Jennifer. Um, I'm the co-founder of Seribu Tujuan, but I'm also a medical student here in Sydney, Australia. So yeah, that's a little bit about me. But yeah, Indigo, why don't you go? Yes, my name is Indigo. I'm the marketing strategist for Seribu Tujuan, but I'm also a psychology graduate from Monash University in Melbourne. Hi, my name is Manda, and I am a lecturer in um, at the University of uh, Indonesia at uh, the Faculty of Psychology. And I, uh, I have a bachelor's degree and a master's degree in psychology from the States. Thank you all for joining us. And I'm Nadia, and um, I'm really, really, really happy that we are able to come together at such short notice to talk about something that's really um that all of us here uh, are deeply passionate about. And I think it's a wonderful opportunity for learning and growth and uh, seeing how we it's possible for us to steer this ship uh, in, in, a, in another direction and set a, a new North Star for the conversations and um, uh, the, the stigma around mental health, uh, not only in Indonesia, but in Asia as well. Yeah, I'll hand over to the girls. <laughs> Yeah, so I definitely agree. I think lately, I think the past week, we've seen a lot of interest, you know, dalam uh, the topic of mental health, dalam kesehatan mental. So why don't we go around and talk about why, what is mental health to us and why does it matter to us personally? So perhaps, um, Mbak Nadia, you can start us off. Okay, thank you. Aku akan usaha se, se, sebisa mungkin dalam bahasa Indonesia supaya we can reach more people. Uh, yes. Tapi dengan beberapa dengan topik ini sebetulnya aku kadang-kadang kurang uh, I'm like kurang pede kalau bahasa Indonesia karena aku nggak mau salah takut salah. Tapi sebisa sebisanya aku coba bahasa Indonesia. Kalau ada yang I'm stuck with, I'll ask for your help. Uh, jadi buat saya, dari memang dari tahun 95, saya sudah uh, jadi environmental advocate. Tapi se- sekitar 15 tahun lalu, aku pikir, what is the behavioral change science yang bisa bantu orang pindah dari apathy ke empathy? Dan sebetulnya itu adalah mental well-being. Mental well-being. Kita harus sehat dalam kita diri kita sendiri uh, supaya kita bisa pikirkan hal-hal yang sebesar climate change, crisis iklim, uh, species you know loss, habitat loss, species extinction. So these things are very very large topics. Dan sebetulnya kalau kita dari dari uh, in we're in the space of empathy, empathy sebetulnya itu sakit, bikin sakit kan. Jadi kita harus kuat. We have to be strong within ourselves so that we can, you know, have this resilience with ourselves so that we can be uh, the change makers that we so need or even not even change makers, just to be able to be, um, to show up in the world as family members, as mothers, as brothers, as fathers, um, as, as colleagues, right? Um, so for me, I, I, aku sadar bahwa there's a deep interconnection between mental well-being and planetary well-being. That's why for me, mental health is so important. 
I mean, yes, uh, I, aside from that, so many other reasons, but me yeah. personally, that's why it's it's so important. Yeah, I think I agree with you. I think there's a term yang namanya eco-anxiety. You know, I think a lot of people struggle with, you know, um, climate change, then uh, global warming, and it impacts kesehatan mental kita. And I think to actually change that, kita harus take care of our mental health and well-being. How about you, Mbak Amanda? What is mental health to you? Then why is mental health important to you? Um, I guess English or Indonesian? English? English is fine? Um, I, guess. <laughs> I think a mix is fine, a mix is fine. <laughs> All right. So, uh, of course, with a bachelor's degree, both a bachelor's degree and a master's degree in, in psychology, I became interested in mental health from way before I actually studied psychology. But um, I guess I, like many other psychology students, because I do with them on a daily basis now, like most others, uh, especially like uh, freshman psychology students, I really had no idea what mental health was about. I thought it was about, in, in, in my head back then, psychology was like reading people's minds. Of course, the common misconceptions associated with psychology. But um, as I went along in my academic career and now is in my professional career, I see, I think one of the most important things is recently for me is how how much um mental health has shifted over the past few years and i see this with my students um in real life i see how because i i started teaching in 2017 so that makes it uh, 14 years i've been teaching for 14 years and i see this like um increase and i don't I'm not sure it's just my feeling. I, I think there's genuinely a shift in mental health in which I see more and more students needing professional help nowadays compared to back then. I don't know if it's the stigma, the, the lessening of the stigma that makes it more likely for people to admit or to display um, their their issues. But I do I do I do believe that it's something that we, we need to especially considering that a lot of people, even people around me, it, it seems like they don't have like this firm grasp of what mental health is all about. And that's why it's important to me because it's closely related to my career as well as a lecturer in psychology that people have the proper understanding of what mental health is about because it is it is essential for your well-being. Yeah. That's just of it. Yeah, I think I agree with you, Mbak. Kayaknya, uh, it's, it could be either karena stigma is easing up atau mungkin the demands of work is increasing. Karena dulu mungkin it's more physical work, tapi sekarang it's more mental and emotional work that mm -hmm. we're doing. So definitely a great point you made. Just a little in me, a lot of your students actually messaged me tadi, ini, tadi pagi. Really? Mbak Manda, dosen aku, Mbak. Gitu, kayak, Mbak Manda, gitu, so excited. <laughs> My husband anyway, was asking me. My, yes, my husband was actually asking me earlier. He was like, "Did you tell your your students that you're gonna be doing live?" I'm like, uh, "No, do I need to?" <laughs> <laughs> okay. How about you, Indi? Why did you join Seribu Tujuan? Why did you study psychology? And why is mental health important for you? Um. Okay. I'm gonna try to also mix it up a little bit. Yeah, um, Bahasa Indonesia. <laughs> yeah, it's a little bit rusty after living abroad. Um. Kalau aku pribadi sih, 
uh, it, it rooted for me first from personal experience. I have struggled with anxiety and depression since I was in ninth grade. I'm 24 now, so it's been quite a while since the first diagnosis. But also having gone through that, um, the older I get, the more I realize that mental health the, the state of your mental health affects everything else in your life because mm -hmm. mental health, it includes our emotional, our social well-being. It includes a lot of stuff. So it, it, it affects how we can, we're able to relate to other people or how we're able to like live our, our life as social beings. It, it, it affects all these different facets of life that I didn't think that I would affect when I didn't fully understand the importance of it um, before I, before, sadly enough for me, it was before I got diagnosed because it was after I got diagnosed that I tried to educate myself, that I tried to understand what's going on with me and what's going on with others and like the importance of understanding what mental health is all about. Kalau aku sih pribadi. Um, what about you, Jen? I'm gonna pass this to Jen because she is the co-founder of Seribu Tujuan. It's like, what? Why does it matter to you? And I guess, in a way, what prompted you to start an education platform specifically? Yeah, I think kesehatan mental. Yeah, it's very, very uh, banyak misconceptions surrounding it. Jadi kalau kita dengar kesehatan mental atau kesehatan jiwa, kita langsung pikir, wah penyakit-penyakit. Padahal kita semua punya kesehatan mental. I think I important quote, it's like one in five young adults, uh, satu dari lima pemuda mempunyai gangguan mental, tapi lima dari lima mempunyai uh, kesehatan mental. So I think that's something yang kita harus engrave first, why mental health is important. Um, I think I share a similar story with you, Indian. I think, you know, it's very brave for you to share your experience you get tentang your journey with mental health. Um, I have my own mental health journey, and kemarin dulu when I was in Jakarta, I didn't gak ngerti, kayak kenapa rasanya sedih, kenapa rasanya marah terus, kenapa rasanya on edge. Sekalinya pindah ke Australia, I feel Di sini banyak resources, banyak um, everyone's so accepting about it, and it's such a shame that we don't have that in Indonesia. Dan itu kenapa we started Seribu Tujuan karena we wanted to bring back what we experience here di Australia balik ke Indonesia karena you know a lot of people struggle silently and alone because of the stigma, because of the you know uh, mungkin stigmanya nggak cuma dari keluarga atau dari society tapi from within juga kayak oh I shouldn't feel this bad I shouldn't feel this scared that's why we started education in terms of kenapa education is our main focus karena menurut aku education itu what will bring long-term change you know I think kita bisa scream on top of our lungs kayak mental health is important tapi kalau kita nggak back it up dengan research if we don't back it up dengan education if we don't back it up Dengan experiences or like these lives that we're doing right now, mm -hmm. um, it won't create that change. So definitely, I'm so happy that all of us are on the same page. <laughs> that we're tujuan utama kami itu untuk mendidik, tapi um, above all else is you know um, trying to bring change and better mental health in Indonesia. Um, so I guess a lot of us. That you know what? Why when we talk about why mental health is important, kita hit an important point bahwa uh, di Indonesia specifically stigmanya masih sangat kental dan sangat kuat. Um, so what common stigmas or misconceptions about mental health yang 
um, you guys have heard? You know, anyone perhaps could start us off. Or experience, truly. Mm-hmm. Or experience, yeah. Um, if I if I can, I just want to go back just before we move on, because you know there was a couple of really interesting points there um, about about the storytelling, right? I think storytelling is such an underrated um, tool um, because I have an experience here myself, and that is that I, I was part of a, a women's writing group in uh, when we were living in Bali, and we were. It was marketed to me. Sorry, I keep touching my screen, but for some reason my screen keeps going to sleep, so I have to keep touching my screen. Um, and it was a group of my ten women, and they're all gorgeous, established, dynamic, kuat, success, gitu kan. Then the one of the most important parts of this writing group, this creative writing group that we were part of for 12 weeks, adalah kita setiap minggu dikasih kesempatan untuk um, cerita mengenai hidupnya sendiri, diri kita sendiri. Jadi setiap minggu dikasih 15 menit buat everyone in in the course to tell their story. And this is a space of real safety and trust, circle of safety and circle of trust. It's a beautiful community that they build. And pada saat semua men, mulai mencerita, ternyata dari 10 wanita di situ, 9 have had some kind of um, sexual abuse, psychological abuse, trauma, um, physical abuse, and nobody knew. Hmm. Jadi dari luar kelihatannya sih everyone's perfect. Wow, she's gorgeous, her family's amazing. Da, 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 da. But actually, when everybody told their story, every, it did two things. First of all, it takes away our own victim story, right? And the second thing is, it helps us to to foster a deeper sense of empathy. And then we realize that, hey, everyone's got something that they're going through, right? And there we can you we can find that softness and say, hey, Jen, I see you. Hey, Manda, I see you. Indigo, I see you. I'm here. I'm here for you, right? Um, so that storytelling is something that's so precious. And and with that comes the really really important part of being able to listen without judgment. Right, and just be there to to terima apa yang adanya, terima the story, terima the hardship. Then on top of that is learning how to tell your story, right, uh, in a way that doesn't burden other people. So I just I just wanted to go back to that because that's so important in in the sense of helping to build um, a safe community uh, for other people, so supaya mereka bisa cerita, bisa curhat tanpa takut dijudge. Yes, definitely. I think you hit two important points. The fact that, you know, apalagi zaman sekarang ya di Instagram, social media, you know, we're posting happy things. Jadi mungkin kita lihatnya superficial level of how happy people are. Because not everyone posts kalau lagi nangis atau lagi, you know, galau gitu. So definitely an important part. And the second part is how strong, you know, your stories can empower each other and empower other people. And that's the positive thing that happened throughout this this past situation, di mana we see more and more people share their story. And hopefully people can go perhaps to our comment section and see bahwa there are people supporting you. There are people that, um, you know, don't feel too alone that there's, uh, you know, people that's struggling and uh, hopefully you don't feel alone as well. Mm-hmm. So to continue on to that, I think uh, 
sharing story itu susah. I think we all acknowledge that ya, that to open up and to share story itu susah. And one of them itu karena the stigma that I think we were all referring to. So, um, yeah, so is there any stigma yang mungkin kita pernah dengar atau experience tentang sharing your story tentang kesehatan mental? Yeah, mungkin... Uh, Mbak Manda, you can start us off mungkin, because I think you mentioned a bit about berdoa aja, or like religion and all those things. Uh, boleh. Ini, um, I can't mention names because of course it's uh, a confidentiality. Um, mm-hmm. I, uh, suamiku bilang, I think um, a lot of people are requesting that we do it more in Indonesian, so I'll switch. Okay. That, like you guys, I'll switch. Yeah. Um, so, So, mau pakai bahasa Indonesia jadi so um, Ada mahasiswa, one of my students um, Yang he, he, was he was going through several things That we as his lecturers recognize as a, uh, an issue Like a mental health struggle Jadi kita panggil orang tuanya of course um, And one common thing that we hear And this is not just with him But with also other people Is that Um, dia itu begini karena dia kurang berdoa intinya gitu jadi um, dia going through what he's going through because his iman is not kuat enough intinya begitu now uh, at the same time I understand bahwa uh, a lot of people in Indonesia even people yang kita pikir should be well informed yeah. sometimes we I, I think we underestimate betapa banyak yang belum Uh, educated atau belum punya banyak informasi about about what mental health is all about. Jadi of course kebetulan memang keluarganya keluarga yang lebih konservatif yang memang kemudian abis itu uh, buat buat di perspective from their perspective I'm not saying it's wrong but from their perspective due to lack of information mereka menganggap bahwa dengan berdoa harusnya dia nggak apa-apa. And then um, the parents also mentioned Padahal kita udah suruh dia berdoa, tapi dia nggak uh, n- n- rajin sih doanya. Makanya nggak nggak ini suruh kita udah bilang tobat, tobat, tobat. As if dia ngalamin itu karena dia banyak dosa dan dia tidak uh, mem- meminta maaf ke Tuhan. Which we know is not the case. Yang yang sering pengen saya saya ungkapkan juga adalah. Uh, ke orang-orang yang yang maksudnya belum belum terlalu well informed gitu ya. Do you know I I am fortunate enough. I'm fortunate enough not to, to have experienced any serious mental mental health struggle. Tapi um, the way I see it, they would love to be appreciative. They would love to be happy. They would love To, to enjoy life if they knew how to but the problem is they don't know how to it's a disorder itu yang itu yang kemudian abis itu mengeducate-nya agak susah gitu it's not that they don't want to be happy it's not that they don't want to release themselves from the, the struggle they just don't know how to because there is a chemical imbalance in their brain that causes them not to be able to feel the same way as as everyone else as gitu yang susah dieducate Kebetulan saya um, emang ngajarnya itu brain and behavior. So I I mostly sorry my kids are um, uh, mostly saya ngajarnya related to the brain mechanism. 
So I can talk about it from a, a neuroscientific perspective, but I can't speak from my own experience because I, I'm one of the lucky ones that I never had to seek professional help for mental health struggles. That's one stigma that the, oh, so kalau ada mental health issue, then that's because they they lack faith. I think that's one stigma that's that's common, especially in, in Indonesia. Yeah, mungkin kita bisa dig deeper to that chemical imbalance, yeah, the physical uh, symptoms, because I actually read a lot mm-hmm. about it because I come from a physical medical background. So, banyak studies mm-hmm. that shows the changes in your brain, jadi dari hypothalamus ke, you know, yeah. your um, amygdala gitu. A, mungkin Baman yeah, can talk report. more about that as well, yeah. Okay, so I think one of the basic, yang paling basic adalah, Jadi kita punya mekanisme di otak yang memang merespon terhadap rewarding stimuli in, in, in our environment, anything. Kalau kita lagi makan and we find it uh, pleasant, there's a reward a reward area in the brain that responds specifically to the pleasantness associated with with that stimulus. Gitu. Nah, for people who don't have a chemical imbalance in their brain, their brain reacts, um, are, are responsive to the pleasant stimuli around them. Tapi buat orang-orang yang misalnya mengalami major depressive disorder, there's a the reward mechanism doesn't work exactly the same as everyone mm-hmm. else's reward mechanism. What should be rewarding for them, their brain doesn't register it as something rewarding. Itu ada area namanya nucleus accumbens. That's one of the areas um, that's uh, associated with this with this uh, major depressive disorder. There's also an, a, an imbalance of serotonin, for example. That's one neurotransmitter yang memang uh, pengobatan major depression biasanya di, di kalau yang perlu medikasi biasanya di Artinya serotonin uh, reaptik, selective serotonin reaptik inhibitors misalnya, mm-hmm. atau MAOI, um, yeah, the, the amine group, so dopamine for example also. But uh, I think the point here is that there's actually something, yeah. there's not, kalau kita scan otaknya, anatomically there's nothing wrong with it. Tapi functionally, respon mm. otak terhadap, environment itu berbeda dibandingkan respon orang non-depressed terhadap hal-hal di environment-nya mereka. I think the I think the most simple way to say it is is probably that. Yeah, so it's bigger than religion, it's bigger than berdoa aja ya, Mbak, as you mentioned. Kalau Mbak Nadia yes. perhaps any stigma yang mungkin you've heard apalagi mungkin in this recent situation your comment section mungkin. Um in the comment section, well, not so much in the comment section, but I, th- I think in, in 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 response to something that's coming up quite often more recently, um, and that is, you know, so when when COVID happened, I started an initiative called We the Good, and We the Good is a is a COVID response platform and uh, initiative, and we focus on mental health, uh, migrant workers, and individuals and families at risk. Um, and so we're, we're running, we, we recognize that actually mental health sits across all three of those things. As, you know, Indigo mentioned, I think as Indigo mentioned earlier, that mental health is really at the core of almost everything, you know, because if we're challenged with our mental health, every decision we make throughout our lives and throughout our days will be affected and swayed by that, right? So um, 
um, we're, we're creating a whole bunch of content around with with some of our champions. I say champions because I don't really like the word influencers. But um, and what's happening? It's interesting because sometimes we'll have. Um, two influencers come, you know, champions come in and share their stories. And automatically there is this kind of like, oh, but, you know, one of my producers said, it just looks like two beautiful people complaining about their lives, right? So there's this, there's this misconception that, you know, if you're rich, if you're beautiful, if you have, you know, all of these things, it means it's not possible for you to have issues with your mental health. Um, and that's simply not true because mental health issues, uh, mental illness, it doesn't decide, you know, hey, this is a rich person, this is a poor person, this is an ugly person, this is, oh, yeah, I'll go with this person, right? It just it simply doesn't happen that way. And about that, you know, I have to share that, you know, dari dulu, selama saya, you know, my whole life, actually my, my life is banyak sekali kejadian yang sebetulnya bisa seharusnya bikin aku like drop or like lose it or whatever right because I've had so many challenges in my life um, you know I've been kidnapped I've had you know all kinds of abuse you name it <laughs> um, but I've always been able to get up and carry on uh, kecuali 2018 when I hit a wall and actually I have been you know leading classes on mindfulness, studying the mind and its potential for about 15 to 17 years. And I could never understand if somebody had a mental, something to do with their mind that was simply their perception, why they couldn't change it, right? And so even though I thought I was kind, and even though I thought I was compassionate, I was like, but it's in your mind. You should be able to just, you know, like, change it karena selama aku hidup memang sering sekali ada kejadian yang bikin oh my god you know like I should be shouldn't be able to carry on or whatever right but I did but when 2018 happened I got the greatest gift because I had anxiety and panic attacks and ended up in hospital and uh, was put on so much medication dan itu sebetulnya pas-pas erupsi di Bali dan kita lagi tinggal di Bali jadi saya like, oh my god and I have a, I have a, some medical issues so I thought I'm really gonna die so it made it even worse right so it just got worse and worse and worse and then akhirnya kita bisa pergi dari Bali sampai di Singapura aku ke dokter lagi dikasih medikasi lagi and I don't really like taking medication normally right but at that point in time that's what I needed because I was not able to function without it, right? And so I was I was given all kinds of medication. Um, and then akhirnya, I wanted to go and see another doctor uh, in, in Australia, a third opinion, because I was like, this is, how can this be happening to me? Jadi aku tambah lagi the pressure. Kok bisa sih? Kok bisa aku? Karena in my whole life, I've been so strong and so um, able to deal with these things. And akhirnya aku kesana, and I was dengan bangga, I was like, okay, I'm off all my medication. I went to the doctor, and aku bilang, yeah, aku udah gak, I'm take, not taking any of this medication, kecuali yang ini yang aku um, makan setiap uh, alternative day. Dan dia lihat aku, dia bilang, can you not do that? Nih, ada enam bulan, uh, six, more, six more months of um, medication for you. So, thankfully, um, because I have an established practice of really working on my mind, I was able to um, do a lot of work to be able to move from that space. So that, that one stigma of, of, you know, mental health or mental illness choosing choosing people is, is something that is, is completely untrue. Yeah. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree. And thank you so much, Mbak, for you know sharing your story and your journey juga. Perhaps were there any stigma untuk searching for help? Karena I think there's mm-hmm. that stigma juga to search for help for using medication buat your mental health. Did you face any stigma surrounding that perhaps? Um... Not really, because I, I I'm I'm very open. Um, mm-hmm. In terms of my mind is quite open, and I'm also open to sharing. Um, mm-hmm. And what was really really interesting to me was, sering sekali aku curhat sama teman. Aku bilang sebetulnya aku lagi Terus mereka bilang, oh yeah, me too. Oh yeah, me too. Oh yeah, aku juga ini nak. Mm-hmm. Aku juga gini. And I'm like. Wow, ternyata banyak sekali orang yang lagi menghadapi uh, situasi yang they, they they cannot manage, you know, in their own with their own skill sets, right? And it's it's amazing to see how many people are suffering in silence. Then ketika kita curhat sedikit, mereka mau curhat kembali. Uh, so it's it's amazing to see. It's not amazing. Um, it's uh, mm-hmm. quite bad actually, but uh, it's interesting to see just how many people are actually um, struggling, which means that we need to be even kinder <laughs> to to yes. everyone that we meet you know yes definitely um, see mm-hmm. i think i'll Go just add a little bit to that that's why I, me and Jen, we do this lives very often. Then we try our best untuk share juga kita sebenarnya our personal stories gitu segala macam for the sole purpose of uh, sebenarnya ketika kita mulai curhat, it opens up a wide wide door for other people that might have suffered in silence untuk juga kayak oh I think she would understand or I think he would understand what I'm going through because he went through or she went through something similar. Jadi mm-hmm. coba deh uh, aku curhat juga gitu. I think that's my favorite thing about sharing I guess that's and being open with my journey and my story in Seribu Tujuan or elsewhere is because other people will chime in and other people that have suffered in silence will see sort of like oh maybe I can talk about it maybe I can finally you know maybe this person I can trust and I can finally talk about what has been bothering me deep inside um and i've been so happy to see people sharing a lot these past few days and and see that um they are hopefully they're a little more comfortable in sharing and and and, and being open um so i guess to move it up um uh we the title is tonight's life judul dari uh, pembicaraan kita malam ini kan the role of media and mental health um i guess Why did we choose that, and why did we choose specifically media in terms of in terms of this tonight's conversation? And why did we feel like that was so important to bring up? Um, I guess we could start by maybe Mbak Nadia. Mm. Well, you know, um, seperti tadi aku bilang, cerita is is like telling stories is so important, right? And the role of the media is to tell stories. Karena kalau kita sharing sesuatu, telling a story, or um, you know, creating a, an image on television or in print, that changes people's minds, that changes people's perceptions, that changes people's behaviors, right? So it's so important that what we are 
what we are, what the content that we're putting out is positive, it's informative, it's inspiring, it's uplifting, it's educational, right? And I think um, it's been such a long time that in Indonesia, is the connection kurang bagus ya? Coba sebentar ya. Where are you guys? Okay, 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 okay. Um, okay. Yeah. So, so I think it's 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 been such a long time di Indonesia bawa contentnya sih. Mungkin uh, they're making content for a certain demographic. Tapi we have to take the responsibility of upping the the content quality supaya kita bisa angkat juga masyarakat kan because it's it's such a huge huge responsibility because if we're putting out trash if we're putting out hurtful content if we're putting out rubbish if we're constantly putting out you know hurtful things that's that's what you know you are what you consume right and that's shaping the minds of the community so it's really important that producers um uh people with platforms really start taking responsibility i agree i agree i think um kaya maybe the number one takeaway from everything that has happened and going forward is people do look to media and entertainment i guess another word to for a lot of different things there for a lot of different variety of things they look to media for sometimes for education sometimes to entertain themselves maybe they're feeling down and maybe you know they want to be entertained by something maybe they want to distract uh, their minds and i think when they see stuff that are less maybe not not up to standards or maybe not you know maybe there there's stuff in that that are um triggering or maybe that are you know that that adds their sadness that 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 mm. elevates their sadness even more i guess what what we tend to overlook or what we tend to to forget this all um most of the time is the long lasting impact of of seeing these things on tv and what they take away after long after the show is over long after that tayangan tersebut itu sudah kelar i think especially with young adults i think that are seeing this for people that you know that are less they're more vulnerable i guess in a lot of different yeah. ways that sees this they'll they'll take it away long after the show is over and long after people have stopped talking about it i guess mm-hmm. and and who's going to be responsible for that in a way like if 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 that adds to their sadness if that adds to their i'm sorry but suffering like mm-hmm. what's going to happen after I guess that that was like the main concern as well when it comes to media and mental health. Jen and Bamanda, if you guys have anything to add to the role of media and mental health specifically. Um, can I just go on a tangent a little bit? It's still related to the media, but I want to I want to um, focus more on social it's been brought to my attention recently and i think i mentioned this in a group with you guys right so uh but among my group of friends when we were having a conversation the other day this was way before not way before just slightly before before um the, the thing on tv happened so this was uh this was a, apart from that particular incident 
So um, it was brought to my attention. Hopefully my friends don't mind that I'm reading this up. But um, it was brought to my attention that a lot of the parents, because we're all parents in that group, um, some of the parents feel that the exposure of uh, mental health awareness, uh, they think it's slightly, that there's a slight overexposure of mental health awareness on social media and any other media. To be, to be uh, honest, um, and they are worried that the exposure uh, or the, the the raising of mental health awareness is making it more likely for preteens and adolescents to claim that they're struggling with mental health issues when they're actually not. Mm-hmm. But um, the point here that I want to make is that I'm sorry, I actually wrote this down as I was thinking about it because I'm the type of person who has a lot of things going on in my mind and I, I, I worry that I'm a... So, um, so they're, they're, they're worried that these mental health campaigns like the one that Ibutujuan is advocating is actually detrimental to, to preteens and adolescents in terms of them claiming to have a mental health issue when they're not. And as a parent myself, I can totally see how this is alarming to most parents. Fortunately, my children are too young to understand, let alone to say that they're having mental health struggles. But I I imagine, so I can only imagine how heartbreaking it must be for a parent to hear their child say, mom, I I think I'm suffering from anxiety. It must be heartbreaking, but I can only imagine my children are too young. But I think this too is an inevitable consequence of the advancement of technology, of course, with the availability of social media, it's going to be easier for people to share. It's going to be easier for people to disseminate information about mental health. And it just it doesn't apply only to mental health. This goes to for everything. Everyone can find out how to diagnose cancer now from from searching on the Internet. And it doesn't have to be a social media platform per se. Just the availability of the Internet makes it that much more likely for children teens, adolescents, and even adults to get information about things that they didn't have information about before. It's not just about mental health. Um, and um, But if we look at it from another perspective, sure, there are side effects of, of having like these campaigns on social media. But if we look at it from, from another perspective, if we look at it from, from, from the positive side, raising mental health awareness among preteens and adolescents, it's, I don't think it's such a bad thing. At the very least, to me, their awareness and curiosity, their awareness and curiosity can create an opportunity for parents to have an open and honest dialogue with their children, especially about the ups and downs um, about in their children's life. Because most parents, I'm, I'm sure that if you have a, a teen child, a, a teenager in your house, you <laughs> not. Exactly. I was going to say, do they tell you everything? No, right? If you don't, if you, if you're not the one making the attempt, sometimes they'll just keep quiet and pretend like everything's okay. But then um, if they're actually having an issue, so wouldn't, isn't it positive? Isn't it, uh, isn't it good that they're actually saying something to you? Uh, I think I'm having a problem, but then 
whether or not they're having a problem, that's for you and your child together to decide whether you need to seek professional help. But at least they're aware of the difference between daily stress, like normal everyday stress. And uh, this seems like something that, that that's concerning, that's something that's alarming because it's disturbing my, my daily life. But of course, it's our role as parents to then educate them as well. But of course, the prerequisite prerequisite for educating them is we ourselves as parents have to be well educated ourselves right we need to be well informed about what constitutes mental health issue and what constitutes everyday stressor because let's face it everyone has daily stressors everyone experiences stress and this is where it's important to differentiate between stress anxiety and depression and the only way we can tell the difference between them is if we educate ourselves and if we know what clinical symptoms are and what daily stresses are because they are different i don't think i don't i know we we use the word depressing and depression um relatively casually on an on a daily basis like sometimes oh this movie is so depressing but the, the kind of depression that we're talking about when we're talking about a depressing movie is not the clinical depression that people, a lot of people are struggling with, right? I mean, I, I th that's my take on it. Basically, I think, um, as I said before, the most important thing for us, I, I don't, I don't think it's such a bad thing that teenagers are aware of mental health because then we can have an open conversation about it. But of course, as I said before, a prerequisite is to have the parents themselves be well informed and most importantly for them not to trivialize this, not to see it, not, not to dismiss it as something unimportant because to tell you the truth, when I was, when I was younger, um, I don't think, I, Nadia probably would agree with this too, I don't think we talked about it, especially in Indonesia, we talked about it as much as we do now. I mean, if we were to complain to our parents about, I think I'm having, I'm, I'm, I'm having problems, they'll probably just say something like, oh, you're just making a fuss out of nothing, just sleep on it, you'll be fine tomorrow, or something like, oh, no, you're just being spoiled, you're fine, it's, it's all going to be fine tomorrow, you, you just need to toughen up. But if the child really does need help, then I imagine that this type of response would only discourage the, ch the child from seeking help, add to their distress, and further reinforce the stigmatiz stigmatization of mental health, don't you think? Or consider an alternative situation. The child really needs help. And then instead of their parents supporting them, the child uh, sees that their parents are, are reluctant to help. So then they self-diagnose they self-treat and they self-medicate. At least for me, as painful as it might be to hear your child saying, mom, I'm having a problem. I'd rather have my children open up to me about their distress than have them pretend they're okay when they're not. Or God forbid, have them self-medicate or do something that causes irreparable damage. At least that's my personal opinion. <sighs> Oh my God! Thank you so much. Nadia, you have a, a teenage a, a teenage child, right? You're, yes. Are they, yes. I've had a teenager for a very long time. Karena yang paling besar udah dua tujuh, yang kedua udah sembilan belas, yang paling kecil tiga belas. So like I've been right, a right. teenager forever. <laughs> and you still have a few more years in in, in your in your. Oh yes. Child, right. 
Oh yes, oh yes, oh yes. Tapi gini, yang paling penting buat aku adalah mereka semua dari yang paling besar sampai yang paling kecil bisa curhat sama aku. Yang di tengah kurang sih, tapi yang paling besar dan yang paling kecil selalu curhat sama aku. Justru yang paling besar kadang-kadang yang dia curhat memang it's like a little bit TMI because he talks about his relationships and some stuff like that. Tapi karena aku nggak judge dan aku nggak reaksi seperti, hah? Oh, hah? Kok masa sih kamu? Ah, enggak gitu kan? Dia curhat terus. Then dia like he keeps opening up to me more and more and more. And then the same with the, the smallest one. And it's so important that as parents we can be that safe space for our kids. Dan sering sekali aku kalau lagi leading workshop gitu kan, aku suka tanya kalau if I'm doing a workshop on Zoom and I get everyone to to be anonymous, aku bisa tanya. Oh. If you if you're having challenges with your mental health, can you speak to your parents? Dari sepuluh bisa sembilan bilang no. I Most people I cannot speak to their parents. But as a parent, don't we want to be the first person that our kids talk to? Yeah. So we need to be that learn that skill. Like you're saying, it's so important. Okay. So my my youngest. Um, Because we have these conversations on a daily basis. Setiap hari, bukan bukan setiap hari sih, tapi karena dia tahu aku sangat peduli mengenai uh, mental health issues. And of course, mental health is a spectrum, which I think we should talk about as well, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Um, um, she tells me so much about what's happening um, in her life and the lives of her friends and things like that. Um, and you know, we were having a conversation uh, earlier at dinner, and she was talking about. Um, people in the community talking about being depressed but actually they're not um, and you know we, we have this conversation so how do you recognize that and then how do you how do you uh, how do you say how what does somebody who's depressed look like and you know are they happy all the time or are they sad all the time but can you actually tell right and then what do you do how do you listen and what do you look out for um jadi makin sering kita bicara mengenai hal-hal ini makin It, it, the easier it is for those who are struggling to come forth and get the help that they desperately need and the easier it is for your kids to be better better friends to their friends to be um, to be stronger as they move through everything that they're going through in life um, and you know what we were, you, you mentioned earlier Amanda about um, you know in our time when we were growing up you know our parents were like ah, nothing you know whatever right kita juga harus bawa These times are very, very different times. Mm-hmm. Waktu kita, when we were growing up, masih ada harapan. Masih ada pikiran, wow, what is the world going to be like when I grow up? What is the world going to be like in the year 2000, right? Oh, wow, what's going to happen with the racist space, you know? Tapi sekarang kan, jarang sekali ada cerita mengenai uh, harapan kita. Oh. You know, it's a lot of depressing news all the time. And from an environmentalist perspective, I also know where we're headed. Right? I know where we're headed, at, you know, as a humanity. And I know a lot of the younger generation also are acutely aware. So it's a, it's a very different time. So a lot of us who are parents, we have to be mindful that we can't say, Kenapa sih? I, I went through so much. You should be fine. You know, nggak apa-apa kok. I'm okay. You should be fine because the world is a very different world right now. 
Yeah, I think there was a lot of points that was made. Amanda, <laughs> you talked about self-diagnosis. And I think kita distributonya, we should actually do something about that. Ya, Indi, kayak, you know, we should put it in our posts and stuff like that about raising awareness about different conditions. Um, but aside from that, um, I think um, Mbak Nadia, you also mentioned about um, how parents, and I think Mbak Amanda as well, how parents play such an important role in the mental health of a child and the development of a child. Makanya kalau di psikologi ada that study of developmental psychology, ya Mbak? Yeah. About, yes. you know, attachment styles, how someone will act in the future exactly. and all those yep. things. I definitely agree. And in terms of Mbak Nadia talking about middle child, I'm a middle child and I understand I'm very, <laughs> I, it's so hard for me to open to my parents. I don't know why. It's just a middle child syndrome situation here. <laughs> And that's, that's why I decided to have children. <laughs> <laughs> Only two. Fifth, <laughs> give Two. Two. After this, I'm that. Yes, but going back to you know media and social media, mm-hmm. I think for me, media has the power to influence so many people, and with influence comes responsibility. Yeah, and exactly. that's why for me, there should be rules that comes with it, and you know, just your own moral and ethical conscience. Gitu, kayak what you put out there, itu if you know it's going to reach many people, then you should think twice about it, karena it's going to influence so many people. And I think yeah. that's the core of you know uh, the post and the situation that just happened. It's bigger than just one or two or three people or whatever happened in that studio it's bigger than that it's the influence that it made you know and what was reached so what's the negative consequences of uh portraying mental health and the stigma of mental health like um you know the misconceptions of mental health in the media what's like that what's the negative consequences of that mungkin indi you could start us off um, well uh, like i mentioned it it, it might Um, who, I personally am very selective of what I watch, of what I hear, mm. what I see, especially for the past year since the pandemic begun. Um, everything for me, I'm. Uh, it's been a bit unstable. It's everything super uncertain. I'm very selective in what I see and what I hear and what I choose to. And that's because largely because I know how much it would affect me long after. I'm an overthinker. And I know that I'm not the only one that's an overthinker. Jadi, I choose to actively um, not see or like not hear some stuff because I know that what was supposed to be entertainment might affect me differently karena yeah. uh, namanya with how I think with how I need itu udah udah berbeda gitu ya mungkin sama orang lain gitu jadi I choose to but that is because I'm aware of my condition and that's because I'm so over the years I've learned more and more and more about myself and I've learned more about my triggers and what I can and cannot handle tapi kan mm-hmm. itu enggak semua orang yang mempunyai ke, ke apa uh, the same ability at the time right sometimes mungkin udah 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 ada mindset okay I'm gonna filter what I see tapi nyalain TV tiba-tiba pas banget di saat dimana yang oh that would be super triggering for me mau nggak mau kedengeran mau nggak mau yang kayak I have to sit with these feelings and I have to like deal with the overthinking and this and that gitu jadi for me it's just very important to think of the consequences after yes maybe your 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 intention is to entertain or to educate into this and that but i wonder how many actually think of like if i say a 
what would that do to person B, C, D, E, F, G? Because when you're taya, ketika tayangan atau ketika a piece of news itu di 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 um it it get distributed to TV through social media. It's not just one person that you have to keep in mind. It's a lot of a lot of people and it's a lot of people with different backgrounds with different experiences with different mindsets with different apa ya kayak satu open maybe one is more open minded maybe one is more close minded so i guess that last bit is is what i'm trying to get at is maybe your intentions to do one thing but then the person that receives it because it's just uh, widely distributed through different distribution channels then it's it's different people that receives it it's different people also processes very differently i guess yeah i agree with you Cindy. i think you hit an important point intent versus impact jadi kayak niat sama dampak i think mm. the intent of your actions might not translate to the impact it has jadi mm. you know that's why we're taught dari kecil gitu my dad would always drill me kayak your intent harus reflected to the impact makanya harus mikir what we talk harus you know we have to reflect on our actions um how about you mamanda mbak nadia what are the you know negative consequences of putting that uh misconception surrounding mental health in the media yeah i mean for me if we use the example of of what has just happened um and and i want to be very very clear here i'm even though the media might portray it like it's one person against another it's absolutely not the case um because what some somebody does doesn't make them who they are uh and it doesn't you know define that person it, it was an action it's not the person right and it's and it's just an opportunity for us as i mentioned much earlier for us to take the positive and really take this as a learning opportunity and a sharing opportunity but for instance that um that situation that happened the unfortunate situation that happened what that does is it teaches other people that that's the way you react mm-hmm. when somebody pas ada orang curhat mengenai uh, their own challenges and that then uh, such such coming from such a vulnerable space and then to be treated in that way um or at least what we see there uh means that other people might start to 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 think that's the right way to do it you know to react um and we also have to take into consideration that that particular clip sometimes when you you're producing reality tv there can be um, manipulation in the editing and things like this so we do take all of those things into consideration but the fact of the matter is that those words came out of people's mouths and and the the, the topic is not something that is a laughing matter or something that you know you you joke about um so yeah i think you know what's really important is that we set good examples of how to be an active listener how to be more empathetic how to build a deeper sense of community and connection um let's face it the world is hard it's going to get harder there are more and more stressors in the world jadi kenapa kita we we have to amplify our kindness like seribu kali gitu kan udah biasa ya like we maybe we turn up the volume maybe 10% but we need to increase it we need to learn those skills of how to be more empathetic yeah and the media plays a role yeah yeah I agree. agree. Um, can I just add to that? And also, um, once again, I've heard people um, around me 
ask whether it's actually necessary because all, uh, all three of you mentioned that you've, or uh, at least uh, Indy and Nadia has mentioned that they've shared their past struggles with with people around them because you're you're open, you're fine with it, you're fine with sharing. But uh, one concern I have also is that some people seem to uh, be unable. So they can't they can't decide if, if if a person who's sharing is actually sharing genuinely sharing their struggles or if they're just seeking attention. So that's one I think that's one of the drawbacks of having having um, an open like sharing session on the media as well. It's idea it's it's good that we have media to help us share but at the same time there are bound to be people who are skeptics about your will be critical of your of your intent thinking that you're seeking attention um but in my opinion as with any instrument and tool there's bound to be proper and improper use of the tool right so of course anyone anyone can use the media for any sorts of any sorts of intent and uh, of course there might be people out there who are attention seekers but that doesn't negate the fact or the likelihood that for the majority of people who are sharing it probably took them i don't know what it took them to to decide to speak up it probably took them the the, the world there we don't know what went through their mind when they decided to share right it doesn't just because it's easier the technology makes it e makes it more convenient for them to share because we have the technology now but it doesn't make it less difficult for them psychologically to open up especially for people who are struggling with mental health right because i think it's it's so brave for people to admit that they're having a problem so when when you're you've gathered the courage to say to say something about your struggles and then someone responds by saying oh are you sure you're not just seeking attention how does that make the person feel i i mean i think nadia has mentioned this many times before i think what we need in the world right now especially with the advancement of technology and the the convenience of sharing is empathy we need to empathize with others we can't we don't know what's what's what they've been gone what they've gone through we don't know what's currently going through their minds we don't know what their decision was before they made the decision to actually share and i think the only way that we can empathize is for us to first educate ourselves on what mental health is i think we need to understand it we need to identify it we need to be able to recognize it for us to eventually sympathize and after sympathizing can we only can we then develop empathy try to imagine what it's like to be in their shoes i i, I can't i can't imagine it's easy for anyone to share their struggles I, I really can't. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. I think I agree. I think there should just be more kindness in this world and more mm -hmm. empathy. And, you know, just to show that, you know, everyone, you know, we're, we all have our own struggles, you know, mm -hmm. behind the scenes, behind closed doors. Don't know what each of us are struggling mm -hmm. with. You never know. But just right. mm -hmm, exactly. But just to extend from that, I think we should acknowledge one thing. I think when we started raising this issue on the recent situation, I think we should acknowledge that yes, we see that there are people that did bully or start sending hate and attack. And mm -hmm. I do just want to acknowledge and just mention that that as no way that's something we condemn and not in any way our main tujuan when we made it or uh, we raise it so if you're one of those people yang sending hate you know you're listening here please stop 
Karena that's you know defeating the purpose of what we're trying to do. And you know, um, you know, again, balik lagi more kindness, more um, empathy to each of us. You know, um, and I guess mungkin we can talk about the importance of educating ourselves about mental health. I think we talked about it a lot. It's important what parenting you have to, you know, for your kids to come to you. It's important for us to realize our own mental health. But what are the other benefits of educating ourselves about mental health, mental illnesses, and, you know, identifying what's uh, the bounds of normal and not normal, you know? Um, yeah, anyone could start us off, actually. Oh, you know, um, <laughs> this is, this is, it's, it's so, so, so I'm, I'm, I'm an advisor to an organization called the Contentment Foundation, um, which is one of the world's leading social emotional learning curriculums. And they have a vision to, or we have a vision to bring these four pillars of well-being, which is um, mindfulness, community, self-curiosity, meaning understanding our emotions and what we're going through, contentment and balance to a billion students worldwide. And this was founded by Dr. Daniel Kodaro, who was the youngest ever tenured lecturer at Yale University. And um, he ran, he was the director of emotional well-being, the Center for Emotional Well-Being at Yale. And what's so beautiful about this curriculum is it takes, you know, the last um, however many, you know, dozens of years of um, ancient wisdom philosophies and uh, marries that with, you know, the last, you know, two decades of modern neuroscience and has created this incredible platform that is for entire um, uh, school communities, meaning the teachers have to go through this first themselves. Um, because uh, just a number here, I'll just share with you in Singapore, aku baru dengar kemarin bahwa uh, 50% patient di Institute Mental Health di Singapore adalah guru. Ah, so, I mean, we know teachers are stressed, right? Jadi gimana, how can we... Nggak mungkin uh, guru bisa ngajarin mengenai emotional well-being kalau mereka sendiri tidak well, gitu kan. So, you know, with this curriculum, it's the, we focus on the teachers. The teachers then have the curriculum for the kids. Then we also have the family platform. So my dream is to be able to bring this into Indonesia. Uh, and this is a, an incredible, incredible curriculum. That's something that I'm working on um, because these things need to be taught in school. Dari dulu di sekolah memang kita diajarin mengenai uh, matematika, bahasa, ilmu. Tapi, what about human ethics? What about kindness? Yeah. Dan juga, apalagi benchmark sukses, benchmarks of sukses adalah material sukses. Right? But what about the success of happiness and contentment and kindness? Right? And community. Because those material success, itu cuma sebentar. Maksudnya untuk bikin bahagia kan. Oh, I'm going to buy this car. I'm going to have this bag. I'm going to have this, you know, watch. And I'm going to be happy. I'm going to buy these shoes and I'm going to be happy. Tapi itu cuma sebentar kan. Jadi ada dua route ke happiness. Yang satu adalah the more, more, more. Yang satu lagi adalah, ah, I have enough. I have enough. And I have my community. And I have mindfulness. And I have a sense of contentment and balance. And I have a sense of understanding of my emotions. So for me, education is 
so, so important. I mean, education system, I'm talking about education systems here, right? <laughs> Not necessarily about public awareness, but really about bringing these tools, these tools of radical well-being into schools all over the world. And that is my, my current mission. Um, and I'm, I'm determined to see it happen. <laughs> so, yes. I mean, this is stuff that I do behind the scenes. Jadi sebetulnya banyak orang mungkin pikir yang yang tidak begitu, like no, they're not no, they don't know what I'm doing these days. But actually, this is this is my my one of my greatest passions right now that I'm, I'm working on behind the scenes. Yes, I think I agree with you. I read up on the Contentment Foundation, Yugamba, and I think it's so good what they're doing, definitely. And I think targeting people or children is such a good um, cause and such a good way, karena that's the next generation of people who will show empathy, who will show that understanding. How about you, Mbak Amanda, as an academic, why is education right. surrounding mental health important? It's important, I think... And this is closely related to my field because, as I mentioned before, my specialty is on the neuroscientific uh, basis of behavior. So I think what's what's most important for me to disseminate to the general public is, again, not to be judgy. Again, as we said earlier, we need to empathize. We can't judge. So, but, but why exactly can't we judge? Because, as I said before, We don't know what they've been through. And remember that we're all different individuals, right? What is um, blue for you might be indigo for me. What's pleasant for you might be unpleasant for me. What works for you might not work for me. And this is the essence of psychology, right? We, we recognize individual differences and we appreciate each human being as a, a whole, um, which also implies that when we're talking about mental health, Mental health also doesn't work the same way for every person. As, as Indy said earlier, what is triggering for her might not necessarily trigger other people with anxiety. Um, and uh, this goes for treatment options as well. Some people may actually benefit from spiritual treatment. So perhaps some people may actually benefit from praying. But we can't then generalize and say that every single because treatments need to be tailor-made right just like and this is this is true not just for mental health but also physical health because uh, if you have a, a back, back pain some people might benefit from going to an orthopedic surgeon while others might benefit from going to a chiropractor so each of us is in our own unique self we see the word world differently from others we have our own subjective experiences we have our own life choices we have our own preferences our own defenses our own coping mechanisms and um, um, we can't just say that oh, well, uh, this should be something that's that's uh, Normally, this shouldn't be something that triggers a person. You can't say that's normally something that's that's this shouldn't be that shouldn't trigger a person because we're all different people. And I think my my passion, at least in 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 this field, is to educate or not not just educate, but to 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 make people understand that um, the manifestation of our mental health, just like our physical health, can vary from person to person. That's the because that's the essence of neuroscience, the neuroscience of, of behavior. Um, and uh, our mental health manifestations is influenced by both our genes and our environment. We're all different individuals with different genetic makeups, different upbringings, different environments. Um, 
in the context of, uh, of mental health, one person, as I said before, may benefit from um, a cognitive behavioral therapy. Another person who's diagnosed with the exact same um, disorder, for example, might not find benefit from uh, cognitive therapy and might need to be supplemented with medication, for example. Um, the, point, the point that I'm trying to make here is that if we're talking about a mental health concern, we should leave it to mental health professionals to diagnose and offer treatment options because they're, and I'm, what I mean by this is licensed, qualified clinical counseling psychologists and psychiatrists, because it is their field, right? Just like you would consult a cardiothoracic or a cardiovascular specialist for your heart conditions, you should also consult a, a mental health professional with mental health issues. And uh, it's okay. Also, equally important to me is... I strongly believe that we all have to learn to accept that it's okay not to be okay. It's fine not to be okay. Sometimes we just need to admit that we're not okay. And it's okay to tell your children, it's okay not to be okay. I'll help you go through this journey. Because once we recognize that it's okay not to be okay, that's when we realize that it's not a stigma. It's not a taboo. It's just a disorder. Just like you have, um, like, for example, a bunion on your foot that needs help from a professional. The, the same is true for mental health. And only if we, if we identify this and recognize this, can we then learn to accept one another um, as a unique individual, one who may or may not have a mental health, mental health issue. So I think I think that's important. That's important for everyone's well-being, right? Everyone's emotional well-being. I agree. I agree 100. percent I think um, to to sort of highlight it is like the importance of education is not just to help other people, but it's also to help you to help you understand everything to help you understand about you first and foremost before you can help other people and that is through education i guess we've been talking a lot about education and it, how important it is to educate ourselves first before we started with other people but then the, another question if if anybody is watching i'm i'm pretty sure there's some people that will ask the question okay so how then do we start to educate ourselves which which way is to start educating ourselves i think would be the next question mm. anyone can take it jen or menadia or even anyone can take it maybe jen can yeah, yeah I, think, I think the other girls would, would be able to share best but the one thing that i want to say is that start with your own mind being open and curious and then curious. when you're open and curious and you have this childlike curiosity meaning you don't think you know everything then you'll be open to learn and receive and, and then you know be able to empathize a little bit more so i think that's the first 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 most important thing yeah so definitely that was just what i was about to say i think that interest first i think build that interest first that curiosity first um but how do you start actually seeking help? So a little bit of a plug. I'm so sorry, but we've been building this mental health <laughs> education platform. It's in Bahasa Indonesia. Then you get it in Bahasa Inggris. 
Jadi you can switch back and forth. Jadi kalian bisa langsung ke www.1007.id. It's peer reviewed. We've been working on it for the past three years. Kita punya all the resources and the references. Kita bahas depression, um, how to seek help, gimana cari mencari bantuan. I think that's what a lot of people are confused about. Ya, kayak ke psikolog tuh di mana? How do we even find it? Kayak di mana ke psikiater tuh apa bedanya psikiater dan psikolog? Kan ada juga ya. Uh, sometimes orang langsung ke psikiater sebelum ke you know. All these Psikolog. things, all these misconceptions. So, you know, you can definitely start by simply googling. You know, information is out there. Tapi aside from that, there's so many mental health organizations. Gak cuma seribu tujuan banyak lagi out there um, di Indonesia yang hosting so many webinars. Mm-hmm. Apalagi semenjak COVID-19. Jadi you don't have to be in one city. You can join in in that webinars. Banyak yang tentang self love. Banyak yang tentang body positivity, banyak yang tentang how do you help a friend. Jadi you can go search out, apalagi di Instagram ya udah banyak, so you guys can go look through those. I think that's one way we can start um, educating ourselves uh, regarding mental health. How about you, Mamanda? Maybe you can add to that as well. Um, I think I, I, I'm, I, I'm not... And I'm not a member of of these platforms, but my students are, and I'll, I'll they'll be happy to promote them if you want. My, my students and my uh, the students that I used to teach, though so they've graduated, um, they they have platforms. I can't remember what they're called. Your friends are are have play a crucial role in your emotional well being. Karena jadi teman curhat, and of course, if some people. Especially for people who have, I, I imagine there's a, a, lots of people out there who've been self-loathing and living in shame for many years. Kalau memang caranya mereka rilis, satu-satunya cara mereka rilis adalah dengan sharing, why not share with whoever, whoever you can share with, gitu loh. Um, cuman kalau when it comes to seeking treatment, of course, leave it up to the professionals, as I said, you don't want to, you don't want to seek. You don't want to go to your best friend for a dental yeah. a dental treatment, right? Yes, yes. And the thing with 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 especially with the mental health world is everything is always evolving. Every there's always going to be something new. There's always going to be new information. So education does not mean that you read up at one point of time and then you'll know everything for the rest of time because information as everything else not just in the mental health field is always always evolving there's always got to be something new so that's why it's important to be always educating yourself about issues that you see about issues that you care about or issues that you hear about a lot um so i guess that's that's been a lot of um points and a lot of questions from our end. I was wondering from Nadia, if you would want to open this up to if people do have questions. Hi guys. Okay, we're having technical issues. Yes, the well-being curriculum to schools is something that's 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 really important. Um, so what I'm trying to do Um, is that we have a, a potential pilot school in Indonesia that is a bilingual school. So they will pilot, they'll be like the mothership um, of the um, Contentment Foundation in Indonesia. Uh, and then what we will do is um, 
simultaneously we're doing a translation of the curriculum um, into Bahasa Indonesia. And then what we will do is have somebody with an understanding of the topic, so a subject matter specialist, um, look over the curriculum. And then we will also partner with the Mothership School to help them make it culturally relevant. And what's really cool is that Dan, who is the founder of the Contentment Foundation, is also a cross-cultural psychologist as well. So for him, you know, being able to make sure there are the cultural sensitivities and, and um, how it can be applied in each country that we roll out to is actually really important. So I, for me, I'm super, super excited about this. Um, and I think it will be able to give uh, the next generation the tools of inner resilience to be able to deal with the reality of um, the world that uh, we live in. Okay, so some of the questions that we have here, dari Miras, Miras Titi, Kak, gimana sih caranya untuk membuka pandangan orang tua kita yang quite conservative, biar lebih aware sama mental health? <laughs> Who would like to answer that one? Very difficult question. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think, especially when it comes to parents and conservative parents, it's going to be a challenge for for everyone to try to convince a conservative person. Yeah, bukan cuma parents trying to because I guess. I don't think open-mindedness is something that can be easily taught to other people, ya kan? Maksudnya gak bisa yang kayak, ayo dong, look at, look at it from my perspective. I don't think that's something you can say, especially to a conservative person. So sometimes, I, I hate to say this actually, um, sometimes jadinya malah harus kitanya yang adjust. Jadi kitanya yang harus, yeah. harus lower our expectations. As detrimental as that means, when dealing with conservative people, sometimes that's the only way. Tapi of course that doesn't, kalau memang ada opportunity atau ada kesempatan untuk dialog, mungkin bisa dicoba, tapi approach-nya dan again akan disesuaikan dengan tiap individu ya, maksudnya orang konservatif satu dengan konservatif kedua kan belum tentu, belum tentu approach-nya sama. Masih ada mah, sorry, my mom is asking me, she thought it was done. Um, <laughs> lagi ngomong? <laughs> sorry. Um, um, again, it's a difficult, it's a challenging. I love to help, but I think that's the, the best, the best answer that I can give you. Sorry. Yeah. So perhaps I can answer it from my perspective and my yeah. own experience. Yeah. Jadi kayak orang tua aku mungkin, I hope they don't mind me sharing this, tapi you know they they probably weren't as aware as mental health as well. I think the first thing is to realize bahwa. Um, you know, they were probably not taught mental health by their parents either. Anything to accept and to understand bahwa, you know, my opong or my opa and oma didn't teach my parents about mental health and stop blaming them for not knowing about it. Gitu. And I think um, education is always long-term change. So, you know, slowly try to introduce the concept, slowly warm them up. And, you know, back in 2017 when i started talking to my parents about it bener-bener i just shut it down they just like apaan sih ngomong apaan sih jen tuh apaan sih jen lagi depresi-depresi gitu kan and so now they're starting to be more open about it you know and i think it's a slow process and it's a long-term thing so for me with conservative parents just understand that you know they're also a product of how they're raised and it's years and years and to undo and unlearn what they've 
known, it's really a hard process. So be patient and, you know, hopefully, mm. uh, hopefully we have parents young open to listening to you and open to change, but it's a long journey. I know myself, mm. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's my point on it. <laughs> Okay, next question. Is there any Facebook support group in Indonesia where people can just post their anxiety story? How they went through each experience, uh, people can comment and give support and share similar story. Um, I personally do not know of any Facebook, specifically Facebook support groups, just because I not a user of Facebook, but I know that there are a lot of support groups available. Um, I think this person was talking about anxiety. Um, I know that there are a lot of support groups available now in Indonesia. Um, all, there's a lot on Instagram. There's a lot of um, there's a lot of places I can search for um, for specifically anxiety support groups, but they might not necessarily be in Facebook. Um, they might use other platforms, but such support groups does exist. I do believe so. I think we can also look out for um, some apps. There are some apps that are regionally available. Um, some of them can be peer support apps, which at least give you some uh, peer support. And some of those peer support people will have to have some training in active listening, uh, mental health first aid or background psychology. Uh, and they also have therapists on, the, on board as well. So um, look out. I think, I think increasingly there are more and more options. Uh, so um, yeah, just just go and, and, and look around what's, what's, what's out there. Um, does anyone else have any questions that they want to read through or shall I read through what we have here? Atau yang di, oh ya, di sini adakah mau tanya jika seseorang memiliki mental illness, apakah itu akibat kesalahan saya sendiri? Karena banyak yang bilang saya berbaperan atau tidak tahan banting. That's similar to what I said earlier, right? Um, parents back 20-30 years ago, kalau ada yang bilang, mah aku kayaknya uh, I'm having thoughts yang normal gitu misalnya back then it was more common for for parents to, to find parents say ah kamu ini ngada-ngada gitu kan ya dulu ya mm-hmm. tapi um, yang tadi kita sebenarnya I think the the itu kan yang mau di advocate sama, sama platform-platform kayak tribu tujuan ini bahwa it's not your fault and it's okay not to be okay um it's got nothing to do with you being baperan because as I mentioned earlier People respond to different experiences differently. We have our own subjective interpretation of the world. We have reactions to the things around us. Yang tadi yang yang ungu buat anda mungkin biru buat saya. Yang sakit buat anda mungkin nggak sakit buat saya gitu. Jadi uh, definisi dari baper dan salah. I I don't think it's it's. I don't think it's fair to say bahwa seorang yang mengalami depresi itu tak masalah dia because she kita kan they have no control over it ya. Yeah. Ada chemical imbalance, ada different genetic predisposition. So of course it has nothing to do with your it's not your fault. There there's there's something different about how your body reacts to stressor tapi bukan bukan salah Anda itu intinya gitu sih. Mungkin yang saya jelasin aja. 
Um, what I'm going to do is I'm going to read through the questions uh, that are currently live. Karna, mungkin, uh, at least I know you guys are here for sure. And then maybe we can go on to some of the other questions. Uh, but I also need to be right. mindful of everybody's time. Gitu kan? uh, but as long as you guys want to ask more and more questions, I, I mean, I don't know how everyone else feels, but we can be here for a little bit. Okay. Um, let's see. Um Can you suggest a book or any trustworthy sources where we can learn whether um, whether it's mental health or daily stresses? Mungkin, I don't know if you guys have any suggestions on that. Um, I'm sorry, I don't because I'm a teacher, so we just like academic. Maybe maybe uh, Jen and and Indy, do you have any resources? I don't have a book specifically in mind, like a like a. I all the books that I know are more academical again I don't like to plug but we do have um we do have information of like symptoms and whatnot um yeah. the reason why I say that is because that's the first thing that it pops up in mind because I genuinely am not aware of any books that sort of differentiates between symptoms and daily stressors because I think that branches into academic world more than than widely published books because it's differentiated yeah. between clinical and and not clinical non-clinical but we do have resources that sort of differentiates between symptoms like symptoms of depression and like signs to watch out for if uh, when you need more help and mm-hmm. daily stressors yeah like warning signs yeah yeah i i also recommend the website i guess the national yeah. of mental health the nimh uh website they they are informative about um, uh, the different categories of like different psychological disorders and maybe to to watch out that I said before as as Indy said what to watch out for but of course diagnosing as I said before when it comes to diagnosis you have to leave it up to the so of course it's good for you to look out for yourself and see if It, it might be there might be something wrong with me so if you you have that sort of like um feeling or that sort of like intuition or gut feeling um it's good to to look up resources as i said national institute of mental health i think um the american psychological association website also offers some guidelines um, um But yeah, I think there are, are are lots of trustworthy. Usually, the trustworthy sources are from like licensed organizations and um, uh, governmental government organizations, mm-hmm. like the National Institute of Mental Health. I think is the NIH is part of the um, American Health Ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, thank you. And now the next question is: If we meet someone with mental health problems, what should we recommend to him or her uh, first? Anyone? Um, if 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 someone comes forward and right away say that I I think I'm struggling, I might be having mental mental problems. I personally would right away refer them to a psychologist that I know or several different psychologists because when they come to me and they say I'm having troubles mentally, that's no longer my capacity, and that is not my. I don't have enough information to help you and I don't have obviously don't have the capacity to help you in that way. Jadi um to reduce the risk of saying the wrong thing or 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 alleviating their pain, I do uh refer them to several different psychologists that I know that um I I would usually offer sort of ranges. These are 
the very uh, these are quite a few that I know with different price points locations. Um, you can search which one is um, the best for you. And I I do follow it up by reminding that it's not if you don't find a right suit for you right away. Please do not be discouraged because finding a right psychologist for you is also a journey on 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 its own. So if you don't find if you feel like going to one psychologist does not help right away, I'm here to support you through your journey, and we can find another one. I guess that's that's the best yeah. way that I can put it. I think a big thing one of my friends did for one another was um, actually offering. Do you want uh, a a to your first session if you feel uncomfortable? Because I know how hard it is to take that first step onto, you know, go see a psychologist with the stigma that we talked about as well. It's really really hard to take that first step, and you know, I think ngomongin your issues to somebody young. You don't even know. It is hard. We do acknowledge that, as Indy mentioned, um, finding a, the, your right psychologist is quite hard to get. So yeah, mm -hmm. definitely um, referring them um, because it's okay if you don't have the capability to help them. That's why there's help out there. <laughs> yeah. mm -hmm. And I think I think something that's really important to to recognize here is everybody's um, um you know that, that that you mentioned the price ranges right like mm -hmm. um not everyone can afford to see yeah. um, a psychologist so what are the options if anybody knows for um is there some is, are there services in indonesia that that can do is there a charitable organization some non-profits that offer uh, services for people who are really in need mm -hmm. uh, if i'm not mistaken some, some, if I'm not mistaken, some do offer psychological services. And Puskasmas, as long as Puskasmas is basically free, right? So, um, mm -hmm. but I'm not quite sure would Puskasmas, like districts offer this, offer this service. But if I'm not mistaken, they do offer it in some, in some yeah. of the bigger. Mm -hmm. And also, not to promote my, my own institution, but if I'm not mistaken, and I, my colleagues might might actually be angry if I if I give them the the wrong information. But if I'm not mistaken, our clinic at the Faculty of Psychology is quite affordable compared to like private practices because it's yeah. targeted for the more general public. Yeah. So I but, think many. Sorry. sorry yeah. <laughs> so I think many you have universities. To go yeah. Yeah, I yeah. think many universities have free counseling. Jugay, I have counselors readily yeah. available. For, but I think, mm -hmm. for for students, it's definitely for free mm -hmm. for our students. Yes, just to uh, give a few more resources that we know of in Sri Butujan is um, the account ibunda.id and Pijar Psychology. So they offer a free, uh, they offer a paid one. Tapi I'm pretty sure they have a free service yang lebih ke counseling lebih uh, and all those things. But we have to realize uh, the severity of certain mental health conditions require like really yeah. professional and paid services. Yeah. Okay. Um... I think we can probably take, do you guys see any questions there that you that are, are calling out to you that you really want to answer that thing that you think is really important? Because I know we have a lot of questions. Um, and I, first of all, I want to say thank you everyone for being brave and asking the questions that you're you're asking. Um, if we don't get to answering them all tonight, I think, um, you know, between us, we can discuss if we can do a, a session like this again um, sometime down the line, because obviously there's a great effort. And um, 
if you, we don't get to answer your questions, please do do come back and we will try to answer your questions again. Um, so maybe you girls can have a look through and see if there's anything there that resonates with you or you think is just really um, um, something that we need to answer. Can you see the questions? Yep. Uh, yeah, I'm scrolling through them real fast. Some of them are sharing their experiences, right? Oh, di Jakarta puskesmas kecamatan ada psikolog. Kalau di daerah ada rumah sakit daerah dan di cover BPJS. That was. Mm. Um, yeah, matur nuwun balita. Sorry, that's why my husband's auntie commenting. <laughs> Um, I think one what, from Gadis Hujan. I think that's the the one that I if I, I may address that that question specifically. What are the symptoms or indicators of depression? Once again, the symptoms may vary from person to person, mm -hmm. and of course, there is a general there is a, a general um, sort of like commonalities between them. But they, remember that each person with depression will suffer from different variations or different combinations of symptoms. But the point I'm trying to make here is that biasanya kalau kita when we diagnose, um, uh, we, sorry, I'm not a clinic, I'm not a practicing clinical psychologist because I'm a scientist. But uh, when psychologists diagnose a certain uh, psychological disorder, they would refer to a guideline, like a diagnostic book, diagnostic manual. Just like doctors have diagnostic manuals. Jen, you're in healthcare. Uh, you're in yes, uh, medical. DSM five. Yes. <laughs> so we we use the DSM the DSM five, or we use the uh, WHO version of it. Um, there's a, a, a diagnostics manual. So the symptoms will usually will have the diagnose when we when they diagnose people, they need to fulfill like a certain number of criteria for a certain period of time. Mm -hmm. So it's actually not that to to um, to explain the symptoms and indicators but generally most people with depression I guess uh, to put it to simplify it although to simplify it but to simplify it is um, there it's not that they're less happy than it's not that sorry it's not that they're more sad than other people I think the best way to describe is it it's not that they're sadder than everyone else but they can't be as happy as everyone else so things that make other people happy it doesn't make them happy. And it's like they're stuck in a hole where they can't seem to find the light. They, sometimes they just like can't imagine what life is going to be like tomorrow because they they, get, they have trouble like getting out of bed and they often have other cognitive symptoms like they have troubles with memory, they have troubles with uh, attention. So there's a variety of different different, different indicators and different associated with this uh, major, and I'm talking about major depressive disorder. So yeah. that's the only one. Yep, definitely agree with you. I think you raised an important issue how everyone uh, experiences differently. And as uh, we discussed tentang mental health uh, illnesses can be a spectrum juga ya. So, you know, it can be mild, severe and all these things. Um, yeah, is there any other questions that any of you would like to address or perhaps we could um, you know, just close it here. We've been talking for quite a bit and it's 1.30 a.m. where I'm at. So. <laughs> yes. Are you in the States? I'm in Sydney. Yeah. Oh. Australia, yeah. Oh, I heard 9.30 a.m. Wait. Oh, uh, 1.30. 1 .30. Oh, sorry. 
Oh, well, sorry. I need to, to sign off for you soon. Is OCD a mental health? It is. It is. It is. It's an, It's part of an anxiety disorder. Yeah. Yes. Mm. Thank you for sharing, Susan. Ooh. Okay. Oh, there's so many questions. Maybe we can redirect them to perhaps the can they ask on the tributujuan yes if they, if they yes yes so you can so, dm us your questions yes. <laughs> go on sorry no i was just gonna say um if there are any questions regarding we we can help in the sense that we can redirect you to the right information and the right resources. Um, our DM is always open for any questions or if you do want to we can listen and we, we hopefully we will be able to re redirect you to the right information and the right resource for according to your needs. Okay. So I Yes, yes. So I get, there are a lot of questions that are coming in, but you can always ask us. Um, I guess it would be wise to close it here, I guess. We've been, we have been talking for a very long time. Um, I guess on behalf of Sributujuan, thank you so much, Mananya, and thank you so much, Mamanda, for this conversation. This was a very important conversation and a very interesting conversation as well. Um, thank you so much for your time, your platform, and just thank you so much for this. This means a lot. And um, I hope that everyone that was listening throughout the night um, can have can take away some from this conversation. And we always, always, always encourage you to continue the conversation and to continue educating yourself about mental health. That's for me. I just want to say, you know, in these these days, you know, some of us are increasingly isolated um, and times can be challenging. And I want everyone to just do this with me. Put your arms out like this. Breathe in. And then put your arms like this. And give yourself a big hug. <laughs> I'm giving everyone a huge virtual hug. Ooh. Imagine it's a nice big hug for everyone. You know, sometimes we just, and don't forget to inject joy and play. You know, life can be hard and serious and tough and, and all of that stuff. And sometimes we feel guilty about play, about fun, about, you know, those things. But because life is hard, we need to up. Just like we need to up the volume of other things that I mentioned earlier, the kindness, we also need to up the volume and up the percentage of the joy that we're injecting into our daily lives. Joy, creativity, uh, exploration, um, communication, friendships, all of those things, you know, we, we kind of, we've kind of lived a certain way for, for so long in our lives and we're habitual creatures and we forget that when circumstances outside change, we also need to adjust our toolkit. Um, so don't forget to to find the, the new tools that you need for this new time. Uh, mm -hmm. And I'm so grateful for everyone that's here. Thank you so much. And, and if we have any friends in the media, please um, know that we can turn um, things around for the positive. Um, it's not all about creating sensation. It's not all about, you know, um, taking, you know, making people laugh at the expense of others. We really can now take this time uh, and this incredible opportunity that we have to 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 raise um, raise the consciousness of of ourselves and our community. 
Thank you so much. Thank you, everybody. And thank Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Thanks, everyone. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks.